Every season in this sport starts with excitement, hype, anticipation of what we all think is going to be a whole new era of great racing. But in 2023, we have actual documented proof, like right here, what you're watching, a whole new look for the sport, Super Motocross World Championship, Monster Energy, Supercross, and Pro Motocross all coming together. And that leads to the creation of this SMX Insider, Jason Wygant, Daniel Blair are going to be coming your way every week with our show. We're getting you the scoops from the racetrack to lead you into each week's race. Should be pretty fun. That's right. 31 rounds of Super Motocross are coming your way this season. We're going to kick it off right here in Anaheim at Media Days. And Jason, a lot of my friends and family will hit me up. They say Media Days. You go to Media Day every year. What is Media Day? Media Day is the calm before the storm where the riders get to come in different mindset, different mood. They're not racing in the stadium. They're just hanging out and going through an entire process, getting ready to do uh, photo shoots and video and, and hero shots and all the fun things that you see on television. We do that all here in Anaheim a month before the season starts. Yeah, and then that gives us access to the riders where we can begin our pure and rampant speculation without any real data because we don't have any results to go on, which is what makes the beginning of the season so exciting. But we get to interact with these riders all week long. So it's our last chance to get that scoop that we try to bring you on this show every week to kind of see what's been happening because everything's under the radar at this time of year until this week. That's right. There's stories that are kind of building over the last month or so, but when they all come into town, we get a chance to talk to them in what I believe is the best environment all season, a calm, fun playful mood the riders are joking having a good time and we start learning about all the things that have been happening in the off season as we focus in on anaheim one 31 races this year for super motocross it's going to be incredible we're going to learn so much more about it ricky carmichael is going to join us on set to talk about this format what we might see this year but again i can't say it enough the mood here is what's the most fun hanging with these riders when they don't have to race you know how big the pressure is once we get to anaheim one but on this day and on this week they're fun they're playful it's a rare glimpse into the other side of these super motocross heroes of ours. But enough fun, enough fun. We're going to get serious on this show. It is time for 30-second board. We're going to do this every week. We're going to bring topics, rapid fire, and we're starting right at the top. Eli Tomac, you want to talk super motocross world championship combining supercross and motocross together? Eli Tomac's already done it, Daniel. He won both titles last year. Can he win again, though? Is he the favorite? Can he do it? I think he can. Now, he could have sailed off into the sunset after that incredible 2022 season, but luckily for all of us, he is back and he wants some more. The big question to me is how does he deal with the month of January? We're in the open stadiums. We're in California. You know the story. Once you go east is when it gets serious. If that team can get that bike right in the month of January and Eli Tomek is in striking distance of the lead, I think he's okay, but that's the big test, the month of January. Yeah, I know everybody's watching this saying, duh, can Tomek win again? Well, obviously he's capable, but this bike is all new, and we we have seen more often than not lately new bikes usually are a step backwards compared to the well-developed bike in its final year of development so that's the curveball being thrown at uh, tomac so that'll be interesting yeah, yeah. now ken roxon mm -hmm. comes into this season on what team he doesn't even know now here's the cool thing he has ridden every single bike he's ridden quads he's ridden jets he, i don't know what the heck he's doing but he's going to be here at anaheim weege is he going to be competitive the rumor is the closest I guess odds are that he would be back on a Suzuki, which is old vibes. Ken had a lot of success, amateur days with Suzuki, RCH Suzuki, winning a lot of Supercross races and a motocross title. But that bike has not been updated in a long time. Most will say that it is not the latest technology. So it all comes down to is the familiarity enough or does it even matter? 
maybe Ken's just going to have fun and the standards of win a title or bust are gone. And maybe just that alone makes it a successful season. Happy Kenny is good Kenny. Sad Kenny is bad Kenny. And right now he is super happy. Go check him out on Instagram. He's dropping stuff every single day. If he's happy at Anaheim 1, don't be surprised if he wins. Now, believe it or not, there are even freer free agents than the free agent that is Ken Roxon. There are some riders that are still unsigned. Joey Savacci, who had a very good rookie season with Monster Kawasaki a couple years ago in the 450 class, doesn't have a ride. And he has said, I'm not riding on B-level equipment. I, I know what it's like to be in a factory bike. I want to keep it, which leaves him nowhere right now. I sympathize for this man. I mean, he's the 450 Rookie of the Year a couple of years ago, and he's bounced from team to team, never has that familiarity that he would like, that he would probably need to take that next step. So the big question is, where does he end up? Does he wait on this thing? Does he wait a month and see if anything opens up out there? Does something open up at Kawasaki? We keep hearing these weird rumors about yeah, Alex Sorella. Yep. Every time we go on Instagram, there's Adam Cincerullo riding Supercross. Yet there's this persistent rumor that this arm numbness problem he's had for years is still not fixed. And he might not be able to race. I see him ride. But that Savachi Cincerullo roller coaster keeps on rolling. You hearing the same thing? I am hearing the same thing. And I hope for Adam that is not true. I hope he's here at Anaheim 1 ready to go. And I hope he comes out and wins the thing. That's what I hope. But I keep hearing that rumor. And if there is a situation there where he is not able to go, Joey Savacci is the perfect candidate to take his spot. He's already ridden for that team multiple times. Again, Rookie of the Year for that team. So for Joey Savacci, a guy who I think ceiling is so much higher than he's shown, I hope he's ready at Anaheim 1. But if he is not at Anaheim 1, don't be surprised if he's waiting this thing out to see if something opens up and, and able to get in there midseason. Okay, but there is good news if you're a free agent in the sideline. Sometimes the greatest of openings do open up. I don't think anybody had Colt Nichols being part of Honda HRC Factory 450 six months ago. So Nichols points out of the 250 class, crashes out of Anaheim 1 last year, does not race all season long. But because Roxon and Honda can't see it eye to eye, an opening was there. But he's a rookie who has to prove himself. He's got a Supercross-only deal to try to prove himself to Honda. Beggars can't be choosers. That's what I'll say for Colt Nichols. Look, you, you, you had a really bad deal here last year. You didn't get to win that second 250 championship and put on display who you really were. Show the 450 teams that you could be a 450 guy. He sits out the entire season, and you're thinking, man, what's he going to do? And then the Honda ride opens up. So for Colt Nichols, yes, you're under a lot of pressure. It, it's not ideal to be a rookie on a Supercross-only contract, sort of a tryout deal. But for Colt Nichols, he's a talent. Uh, he's a hard worker. He's a good guy. I'm all in on Colt Nichols. I think it's going to go better than expected. Okay, we have a non-free agent that doesn't have a deal. Does that make sense? No. Okay. No. Justin Cooper is for sure part of Monster Energy Yamaha Star Racing. Justin Cooper cannot race 250 Supercross any longer. He's pointed out of the class. Justin Cooper doesn't know what he's going to be racing in 2023. Bobby Reagan, and I'm talking to you right now. Let him race. He won you a 250 Supercross championship. He won you the Motocross of Nations. He's going to be part of your future more than likely. Look, he's still young and developing in a class that he's going to be good in. Just let him do it. It's the Wild West over there. You got like 500 riders on your team. Let Justin Cooper race the 450. It's as easy as that. Yep. Three rider team. Dylan Ferrandez, Eli Tomac, Justin Cooper. And if I hear anyone say, but Cooper's a smaller guy. He can't ride a 450. I don't want to hear that. Uh, not you, but we have Ricky Carmichael sometimes come on this oh, show. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to be tall to do well on a 450. Let Justin Cooper race. Speaking of Cooper, a different Cooper to talk about. There is no rider in my mind that has a wider window of potential than Cooper Webb. It's a two-time Monster Energy Supercross champion. He could win the title this year, not a surprise. He could struggle this year, not a surprise. So I want to nail you down. The, the window of potential is this wide. Daniel, 
How's Cooper Webb going to do? Well, I would say without any bias whatsoever, Cooper Webb's going to win all 17 rounds of Supercross, all 11 Stop. motocross, all that Super Motocross Stop Championship. It. What? Daniel is the team manager for the Orange Brigade KTM amateur program, so he is part of the family. So you cannot speak on this topic unbiased, all biases aside. They're right here on your side. Okay. Really, how do you think he's going to do? Come on. Well, I think That's he's got some, I, th I know, I'm sorry. I think he's got something going for him right now, which is there is no new bike. That was last year. They got yeah. another year of development on it. Things are getting better. And he's back with Alden Baker. Now, we know last year he was riding a new motorcycle and left his coach and trainer. I don't think you can do both those things at the same time and have success. So I think he will be better in 2023. The question is, how fast will he be? Because when he won his championships before, he was able to one-on-one -on -one just get dirty, get gritty, fight it out, play a lot of mental games. But now you have Chase Sexton's crazy speed. Anderson's flying again all of a sudden. Eli Tomac's going faster than he's ever gone in his life. So Cooper Webb, the one-on-one -on -one fight that he likes to do and win championships with, that's not going to work this year. He needs the speed. If he has it this year, coming into the season, he can win this championship, but he's got to be faster. You just did the right thing. You kind of gave him a little fire, a little motivation, because that's when Cooper Webb is at his best. That was for you, Coop. Yep. Yeah, Daniel doubts you. Prove him wrong. All 17 rounds winner. Oh, he, he doesn't doubt you. Uh, let's give you the schedule of all the racing here. Of course, it's going to start right here, Angel Stadium at Anaheim. That's the opening round. There'll also be a second Anaheim. The cool thing about this Super Motocross World Championship schedule is you still get all the things that you come to know and love. The traditional Supercross stops, the traditional Motocross stops. And I know you're excited about specifically the 250 class. Yeah, 250 championships are my favorite. The reason why is when we split them up, there's East, there's West, there's chaos all over the place. I love during the Supercross season when we get them together for the East-West showdowns. But then, of course, they come together for the Motocross Championship. They will also be part of the Super Motocross World Championship. So we're not going to be just crowning a 450 champ. We'll be crowning a 250 champ as well. And, again, I love the 450 class, but that chaos, that wildness, these, these, these young pups coming out getting crazy in the 250 class, that's what does it for me, and I'm looking forward to 2023. And you can see the whole schedule here. When you go to Motocross starting in May, it's the traditional stops that you know and love. July 4th at Redbud, Father's Day weekend at High Point. Tracks steeped in tradition like Unadilla, it's all still there. And then it leads to the three playoff rounds through September and the beginning of October. Get announced the locations of two of those three rounds shortly. But like you said, there will be 450 and 250 championships and riders gonna have a lot of decisions to make on how they want to manage that championship. So how did it come to be? How did two series that were distinctly different, motocross and supercross come together? We talked to the principals of each to see how that vision became one. One of the most exciting things is the ability to work with Carry Combs, to work with Tomato Cross and Supercross, and really have a collaboration on what's best for the sport. And by creating the Super Motocross World Championship, that took what was two separate series, combined them to make 31 rounds. So now we have something, we have continuous content for 10 months of the year. Actually 12, because once the series is over, the Super Motocross World Championship, then we get into the, you know, the, the contracts and the excitement about riders changing teams. So for once, our fans have 12 months of Supercross, Motocross, and now this ultimate Super Motocross World Championship to be engaged. We've never been able to provide that to our fans before separately, but together we have built something so much bigger. I don't think there could be a more significant step than MX Sports and Feld Motorsports coming together. 
um, for the overall sport of Supercross and Motocross. Both disciplines have are unique and have their own history, but by putting them together, what you're doing is you're creating an opportunity for all the athletes, for all the teams, for the fans to have the best of, of both worlds. It is global. Uh, we have a lot of international riders and that's growing all the time. So it's really important to do it the right way, have input from everybody so that they feel comfortable in the number of races, how we're doing it, the whole plan for the points, all of the details. And that's what took a lot of time and everybody has an opinion, that's life. And we wanted to find out everybody's opinion and you can't be all things to all people, but try and do something that we knew could work and we could build upon every single year to make it a better event. I think for the fans, it's a complete win because now they get to follow their favorite riders through an entire 31 race championship. The story doesn't end. So if their favorite rider has a bad race or their favorite rider maybe has an injury, the story's not over. They can still fight for that playoff berth and ultimately the Super Motocross World Championship. So to me, the fans are the big winner. Um, they're the ones that are gonna get that year's worth of content starting in 2023. Supercross in and of itself is fabulous. You know, motocross is, you know, an outdoor, totally different animal, fabulous. But together, you know, it's, it's uh, something this sport has never seen. The goal is we want to build a big franchise that lasts well beyond our lifetime and continues. And this is what we've all done. And it's interesting because Carrie's second generation, I'm second generation. And the thought process is a lot more similar than the nuances could be different, but the thought process of what we want to do and the ability to go, let's make an investment. The riders deserve more, the teams, everybody has a stake in it. Let's do that. And over time, we're gonna make this successful beyond anybody's imagination. And that's gonna be something that's good for everyone. Okay, so now you have an idea of the vision of why the Super Motocross World Championship happened and how it came to be. But let's get the racer's perspective. It's our first The Big Interview, and who bigger? the 15-time champion combined motocross and supercross titles, Ricky Carmichael. So I want the Razor's perspective here, RC. We have playoffs, playoffs in this sport. What was your first thought when you heard that? I mean, when you think of playoffs in any other form of sport, most people tune in. I certainly do. I love it. It's a great addition to super motocross. And uh, I can't wait to see how these riders adapt to it, what teams are able to adapt to it, whether it be bike setup, what riders are able to. It's just awesome. It needed to happen. Love the unity between Supercross and Motocross as well. You talk playoff, the tracks are going to be hybrid. They're going to be different, right? Yeah. And Ricky, in, in past years, there's Supercross specialists, there's Motocross specialists, guys like you who are able to do them both. What's the strategy coming in for some of the riders that maybe take one season off more than the other? Because now I, I don't think you can do that anymore. And that's what I love about the SMX World Championship is it forces the guys that maybe needed to improve in, in, in said discipline, whether Supercross, Motocross, 
they're going to have to get better if they want to go into the playoff rounds seated in a better position. So I look forward to seeing guys improve in Supercross that maybe needed to improve or vice versa for motocross. It's going to be a lot of fun to see how they're able to do that. I'm going to break a little news here. Uh, you won a lot of races kind of dominated at times in your career. And then even if you weren't winning, it was great individual rivalries. You and Ricky, Car Ricky Carmichael, Jeremy McGrath, Ricky Carmichael, James Stewart, Chad Reed. The sport has changed a lot, and I've heard your take on it. It's it's a lot more parity now, and then we're throwing that into a playoff format. It should be pretty wild. It's going to be extremely wild. I mean, you think about it now. There's probably eight to ten guys that can logistically or realistically win a Supercross or a motocross race. Now you go into the Super Motocross World Championship rounds where it's a hybrid track, partially motocross, partially supercross. It's anybody's game. And, oh, by the way, it's really a three-race championship during that playoff system. So I go back into the seasons, whether it's motocross or supercross, and you start thinking about which guys are good for short races, short amount of races, which guys are able to manage three races. It's going to open up some doors and opportunities for a lot of guys that maybe can't manage, you know, 28 rounds. Uh, that's what I'm looking forward to also. Any names come to mind, guys, that start hot? There's, I mean, there's a bunch. I mean, we're here at Anaheim right now. I think how many times Ken Roxon has won the opener at Anaheim. He's great. Justin Barsha, I mean, I mean, you name it. There are so many good guys. And not to mention, there are going to be guys that improve from 2022 to 2023. So there's always that little element in there as well. As well. But nevertheless, I love it for our viewers also. They're going to be able to watch Supercross, Motocross, all streaming live on Peacock, and then going to the Supercross or Super Motocross World Championships. It's going to be awesome. Work ethic is a big part of this sport, obviously. We keep talking about this playoff, this sprint, this, this three-race runoff. you got to get there, though. So talk about work management and how these guys are going to be able to carry that load for 10 months out of the year. You're going to have peaks and valleys, but they're going to have to be pretty steady along the way, right? Yeah, I'm looking forward to your point, actually watching these guys, how they manage the championship, how they manage Supercross, how they manage Motocross, to give themselves the best shot going into those playoff races. I, I, I think some guys are going to be better than others because they're really good at managing longer series and uh, I'm gonna I'm, I'm looking for guys to really step up and take this as an opportunity to get better and be able to manage longer races longer series so it's gonna be a lot of fun to see still the best guy is always gonna win but I love the point system too in the playoff rounds it's awesome hey Ed single points the first round double points the second round triple points the third round really forcing these guys to perform each and every round. It's just not a flop shot at the last round. Okay, so we're looking at a pretty mad scramble there at the end of the year, these last three races. That's exciting. We do not need to hype up the opener here at Anaheim from Austin Energy Supercross. That's the hype race, no problem. But oddly enough, you never won. So what was the problem? I, I hated the opening round, and everyone was riding out of their minds better than they probably really are. And, uh, yeah, uh, I hit the deck a couple of times uh, when I had some great opportunities to win the opening round here at Anaheim, but never concealed the deal. I always just wanted to get out here, at least on the podium, if not the podium, top five. The fans know that predicting races is your thing, right? He's the oh, he best at it. it. He, he loves, loves it, it every week. So now's your chance here, before we even kick this thing off, Super Motocross World Champion. I mean, you know I ain't predicting that, but I will tell you if Jet Lawrence graces us with riding the 450 class in the opposite coast of Supercross, I think he 
he has a good shot to win one of those races. There's your prediction. Is that, is that good you, enough? You predicted it goes. Good so enough? Your, your prediction is something that we probably won't even see. I don't make predictions. I give my analysis on what the riders are doing. That's what he does. Ricky, yeah, thanks for yeah. joining us. Yes, Looking thanks. forward to Anaheim and a great year of Super Motocross. We're actually going to take you all actually behind the scenes, behind the curtain, so you can see what Media Days is all about. And it's going to start with a Jason Wygant walk and talk. Ah, there you go, American flag with Chance Hymas. So let's show how difficult it is to put together a photo shoot. We're going to do a fit check with our victim, Hunter Lawrence. So what do you need when you're coming to media day? Sometimes it's pit shirts, sometimes it's casual clothes, sometimes it's hats, sometimes it's gear. Hey, first of all, we're going to do a fit check. You know me, I'm a style guy. Big style guy. Big style guy. Style guy. But first, I want an off-season update. How are you feeling at the test track, the bike, the fitness, all that? Give, give it to me. Well, as you know, mm -hmm. every year, yeah. the bike's better. Okay. I'm better. Okay. I feel great. Mm -hmm. It's just everything's better. Okay. You know, it's always the way. You know, yes. I could have had my worst preseason yet, but you guys wouldn't know because the bike's better, I'm better, everything's better. Yep. You know, expect. The weather's better. Everything's better. Regis' hair's getting better. The fit's getting better. Check. You know, the fit's <laughs> well, getting better. Well, we started real low on that one. So uh, you're faster than ever at the test track, coming in more prepared than ever. Unbelievable. Okay, we got that on the record. Now, give me an idea of the fit check when we come uh, to media days. What do we need? So they generally require some pants. Oh, really? Right? Okay. No, they don't recommend going pantless. <laughs> pantless, okay. So we got the A-Stars. All right. The red and white edition. Honda okay. Collab. You know, it's uh, extremely, you know, limited run. Uh, let me guess, matching jersey. You catch yeah, on yeah, fast. I'm getting you it. You catch on it. fast. This yeah. one we uh -huh. got the same matching kit. You know, all sponsors on there, keeping mm, them nice and happy. Red yep. and white, as they said, match the kit. Always works better. I figured this out. So, that's uh, what that. else we got? What do we got? What, what oh, we got yeah, we got. This, yeah. this is what ties it all together. Yeah, there will be no riding today, but my point is that you still this have to bring the gear as if that's going to happen. So, you need oh, a helmet. Beautiful. They're going to okay. want to see a helmet. So, you've okay. got to have a helmet. Mm -hmm. Helmet pads are optional. I prefer helmet pads. Again, optional. You're not actually wearing it today. Yeah, but it's optional even when you're riding, you know? Um, top secret right here. Well yeah, so just in case one of us trips over or crashes at media day here, we have a spare peak. Same peak. peak visor, peak. whatever you want to call it. You have a spare visor for spare media visor. day. Spare visor. Everyone okay. knows we like to lose these things. I wasn't so, going to say it bullet yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, we, we like to crash sometimes. Mm -hmm. So in case Jet trips over and headbutts a wall or, or I trip Most him over happen. maybe or something like that. We got backups. Okay, we they got like peak. to uh, improve us. We got goggles. We got goggles. Yeah, we got goggles. They're coming. Okay, goggles are coming, and we got boots. So we have, we'll have boots gear, there. even though there'll be no riding today. Oh, and other other looks. So one other thing they require is gloves. Mm. So they're gonna okay. want to see gloves. Okay. You know, so you don't get your dirty fingernails in the shot. They want gloves. So that's that's everything. Kit check, fit check, 101, what, what it's required for me right. today. Hunter Lawrence, very good. Yeah, it's almost like they're going riding today, except they don't even have any motorcycles. Okay, next stop is in-stadium content when you're watching opening ceremonies on the big screen. This is where the rider interviews and sound bites come from. It's this room. Victim is Jason Anderson, so he's gonna read a very long list of pre-prepared one-liners that they can then take all the rider's scripts together and create a really cool storyline and they can change it throughout the year. So they got a blue screen, I guess because he wears a lot of green. Would that be true? Do you have to use a blue screen because he wears green? Yes. Ah, I just learned something technically. Uh, they got it mic'd up and then they're gonna have a giant sheet. Where's the, here we go. And then, um, this is the giant sheet of questions and every single rider has to do things. Uh, welcome to city, what's up city, and all these things to get the fans pumped up on the Jumbotron. We'll see how JA21 does. Supercross fans. 
Supercross fans. What's up, Supercross fans? What's up, Supercross fans? Are you guys ready to watch some racing? Are you guys ready to watch some racing? Me? I'm ready to win. Me? I'm ready to win. Okay, our next stop on the outside of the door says AMA, but it's a lot more than that. So we do have Mike Pellet here from AMA. What's up, Mike? What's going on? Good job, Team USA. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Okay, yeah, still, rolling on that. still rolling yeah, on still that. Still rolling until next year. So well, the reason they have this room, this isn't media training per se, but it is to let the riders know everything that has changed in the rule book, and that includes the Alpine Stars medics team and also the anti-doping code before the season. So they don't get to say, I didn't know the rule changed. So you tell them up front. Yeah. And also, this is, this is tell me, this is a friendly environment. They're not coming to the truck because they rammed into someone on the track. It's exactly. all good today. Exactly. Yeah. This is where we can discuss it, go over new rules for the season. They can ask questions they might not want to ask outside or during a racing where they might think of something new here. Yeah. Uh, and we go over that. We also go over the new medical. Um, they're always an open door. We want to explain how that works. And then yeah. our new anti-doping program with Aegis. Um, so we're excited about that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so Tom Carson and Dr. Robin have been a part of the Alpine Stars team for a while. So you, Dr. Uh, Robin, go over the concussion protocol? Yes, we, yep. we, we go over the protocol. Uh, we also go over and let them know we are their friends on the track. We're okay. there to get them back <laughs> into all possible so they don't hide uh, things from us as well. But we go over, particularly for the new riders, that it's yep. a mandatory protocol, unlike it uh, on the amateur level. I see. Yeah, so a lot of it is, nothing's probably changed year to year massively, we, but new riders come in. We, yeah. we tweak it every year to, yep. to uh, make sure we're up on the standard of care of what's being done in every other professional sport. Makes sense. And speaking of that, we have new uh, anti-doping. So are you just uh, prepping the riders to what the expectations will be? Well, we go over the new policy mm -hmm. that was created uh, in our partnership with AMA, Aegis Sciences mm -hmm. Corporation in Nashville, Tennessee. So, Okay. All right. Well, welcome aboard. Thank you. This is a friendly environment. Nobody's hurt right now, and no one's in trouble. Everybody's welcome. Everybody's welcome. Yeah. And don't say you didn't know about it, because they're here today <laughs> to tell you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Super Motocross fans, you have now seen it all from Media Day, thanks to Jason Wygant, and we welcome Clinton Fowler of Fowler's Facts. I call him Clintopedia because we have theories, he has stats, he's the facts man. Clinton, welcome to the show. Thanks, Daniel. Glad to be here. So 2023 is coming up. It's very exciting. Everybody's fired up. Again, we have theories, but you have a better understanding of what it takes to be a champion. We're going to cover a couple different things this season, but we're going to start right here a uh, month before the championship with some stuff. Uh, the big one for me is what it takes to not be a champion. You can't be a mistake maker. Yeah, making mistakes is bad news. Um, if you look at history, you look at the last five champions, uh, you take Jason Anderson, 2018. He, uh, three positions, lost three positions in two races. You look at Cooper Webb, 2019. Uh, he lost two positions in one race. The, the pinnacle 2020, Eli Tomac, no lost positions in any races the entire season. Okay, wait, 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 I'm break this down. So when you say Anderson lost three positions in two races, you mean in the entire 17-round Montreal Supercross Championship, only three positions from where he started to be finished lost all year? That's it, the entire season. 2020, Tomac, zero, none, no lost positions. From where he started in all 17 rounds, he never finished worse than where he started at any point. Yep. Okay, that's a high standard. So up to? Yeah. And, and a yep. formula. Yes, uh, easier said than done. And this dovetails perfectly into what I wanted to ask you about. It looked like Tomac had this title on lock in Supercross for most of last year because he had that big points lead. He ends up getting hurt. And then we look back to Anderson mid-season. That's when Tomac got that lead. And we didn't know Tomac was going to get hurt. But if you give Anderson one race back, 
this whole thing looks different. Yeah, I mean, a phenomenal season by Jason Anderson, right? So wins seven races, three-time fastest qualifier, leads the most laps, leads the most main events in the entire season, but somehow doesn't come away with the championship, right? And the issue is, as you said, he goes to Daytona, goes to Detroit, goes to Indianapolis, and he lost positions at each one of those things and or had a run-in, right? If you look at it, between those three races, he lost 24 positions. You multiply that by two points, there's 48 points. He entered that into, into Daytona, down six, exited down 51 like those 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 lost positions are huge from the points total now for jason anderson though he's a seasoned vet so he does know how to do things right he just had a couple things get away from him last year in the 2022 season i want to talk about chase sexton a rider that we're all very high on because we've seen the speed we know how talented he is it's it's time for chase sexton to put it together but he doesn't know that formula yet in the 450 class but he does know it, right? Let's see, four-time fastest qualifier, six times set the fastest lap. He won one race last year, um, but he led seven of them, right? He unfortunately threw away three leads uh, to crashes, um, and so he had some struggles. He had some struggles around losing positions, made some mistakes at key points in the season. Um, those lost positions, he had 40 lost positions over the seven races he lost in a race. In the 450 class, it's a steeper learning curve. Of course, he's in year three, but what happened year three of his 250 career? Well, that's, man, maybe he can repeat it for his 450 career, but in uh, 2020, in his third season in the 250s, he, he had a perfect seven race, or excuse me, perfect nine races, uh, no lost positions. So maybe he repeats that for year three of the 450s. I like how we marry the quantitative and the qualitative. Right, the numbers don't lie. Sexton lost positions. That doesn't mean he went slow and got passed. We can go back to Anaheim 1 here last year. He was battling for the lead with his teammate Ken Roxon. He crashed. He lost several positions there. That's what we're talking about. On a chart of points and positions, it just shows numbers. But we know the problem for Sexton. Not that he wasn't fast enough and got caught. He has to stop the crashes. It's that simple. Yep. So interesting how this breaks down. And uh, I know you're going to bring this to us every week. You got something planned for our next show? Yeah. We're going to talk about uh, Jet Lawrence okay. and, uh, and how he stacks up against some of the all-time greats. Okay. All right. So Jet Lawrence, oh, already starting to get some all-time oh, greats oh, talk. Oh. Generational, perhaps? Yeah, I was the first to it. Okay. Oh, now we're just saying it's a thing. It's already been coined. Uh, it is coined. Okay. Uh, those kind of things are what we're going to bring you. We are the SMX Insiders. Jason Wagant, Daniel Blair are bringing this show every single week. We'll bring on Clinton. We also want to thank Ricky Carmichael for joining us for the big interview. We had another great one lined up for our next show. As we get you ready, 31 races, Monster Energy Supercross, the Pro Motocross Championship, and the Super Motocross World Championship playoffs all coming your way. Thanks for joining us. We're just getting started. show's going to get better every week. Racing's probably going to do the same. Thanks for joining.